What's up, everybody? Hope you guys are having a wonderful day, beautiful week. It is Tuesday. It's a week before we leave for sync. I'm super excited, in case you can't tell. Hope you guys are all excited, too. So, today, I hope you guys are impressed with me, because I'm impressed with myself. <laughs> I came in this morning and I said, are you, are you proud of me, Tamia? And she was like, I sure am, but what am I proud for? <laughs> Schmuck. Obviously, for those of you who noticed, I actually had our live posted last night. Like, that's impressive. Turning over a new leaf, not really, because that's not going to happen very often. Hopefully, I can make that happen. But something happened yesterday that really just kind of triggered me to think about, okay, let's talk about follow-up. I think it's one of those things that people miss so much in their business. We struggle with it. We're getting better at it. But it's something we have struggled with significantly, and I think we've probably lost hundreds of thousands of dollars because of it. I know that is a harsh number, but it is true. What I want you to think about right now is if you were standing face-to-face -face with me, and I pulled an envelope out of my pocket, and you could tell it was a fat envelope. You don't know this, but the envelope has $15,000 in cash. It's 150 $100 bills, right? Right? Uh, Somebody, math. Yeah, sure. 150 $100 bills, $15,000 in that envelope. And I pull that envelope out of my pocket and it has your name on it. What do you do? We're going to talk about that next, coming up after a message from me. What's up guys, for those of you who don't know me, my name is Sam Marvin and I've been in the photography industry for 25 plus years. While I love being a creative, business is my passion and elevating the industry of photography is my focus. I created the Seven Figure Photographer to share my journey to seven figures and help others find their way to. All right, so I just gave you the scenario. If you had 15, if I had $15,000 cash money in my pocket and I pulled the envelope out of my pocket and it had your name on it, what would you do? My question is, is would you do what it takes to get all $15,000 of that out of my pocket? And I think that as business owners, we fail to see this reality that there literally we have people that stand in front of us on a regular basis and have money in their pocket ready to spend. They just don't know that your name is on that envelope. I think what's interesting and what many of you may not consider is that oftentimes we have a client that owes us money and we make every effort under the sun to get that client to pay us money, right? But we don't consider the fact that we have many people on a regular basis in front of us that are willing to pay us money. They just don't know it yet and you don't know it yet and you don't make the same effort as you do for the people that you know owe you money. And honestly, this is a great topic. 
I, I think this is literally free gold, free money in your pocket. It's something we've been working a lot on. I know it's something we've struggled on bad, but how many of you guys give up on the first, after the first call? We don't typically do this when a customer owes us money. So why do we do it when we're just trying to book a customer? Let's talk about what a lead is. Obviously, for those of you who know me, my version of a lead is when you can get their name, their number, and an email address. Uh, honestly, a name and an email address is as good as a name and a number. But preferably those three things are what I consider a lead. Now, a couple of things that I wanna talk about, and these are obviously before the follow-up aspect of it, are things that when you when you when somebody calls your business and you have an opportunity to talk to them on the phone, how do you get all those things? Well, there's a couple of different ways that we do it. Some of the first questions we always ask is, who do I have the pleasure of talking to? Oftentimes, people, uh, the idea behind that is to get their name. Okay, so write down their name. Make sure that you write that down. And before you get moving on, say, in case we get disconnected, do you have a number that I can reach you back at? Write down their phone number. That's a great way to get their phone number. And immediately after, or even just a little bit into it, say, do you have an email address I can get from you so that I can send you some additional information when we're done with this phone call? And so that's an easy way that no matter when somebody calls you, even if you're getting a call and it's really funny when you get calls from other photographers because they all <laughs> stumble and they're like, uh, uh, but it's a great way to get all that information so that you have a viable lead to work with. Now, there's another aspect to this face-to-face -face leads, people that you meet on the street, uh, ask for a business card. And I know like not everybody has a business card, but typically the great thing is, is people say, well, you can find me on social media. And it's a great opportunity to open up your social media, hand it to them, have, their have them type in their information and select, who, uh, select their, their own profile. Then you can reach out or communicate with them that way. Send them a private message right there and say, hey, it was great connecting with you. But then there's other ways to calm or to follow up with clients on uh, social media after a face-to-face -face communication. Another thing to do is ask, just ask people, can I follow you on social media? That's a great way to get people's information and to also learn a lot about them. Once you've met them and you've followed them on social media and you've added some value to their life, it's okay for you to say, you know what? I noticed that like, for instance, we're Bart, I'm going to use you an example. Bart loves RC, anything RC. He loves boats, cars, stuff like that. I don't honestly know, Bart doesn't really post anything on social media except for cars. Bart was a terrible example of this. So <laughs> let's just say that Bart posts pictures of RC cars on his social media. It's a great opportunity for me to go in and find something that like maybe I can figure out about RC cars and be able to send him a message in social media and say, hey, do you have an email address? I found this really cool article I'd love to send you about rock crawling or whatever. So it's a great way to finish off that lead and get their information about the things that you need to complete your lead with these people. Now that you have their information, what do you do? This is really where it kind of falls into where we fail. This is where we fail at it. Because once we have a lead, what do you do with that lead? Oftentimes we get phone calls from people and or phone calls or emails saying, hey, I'm interested in this. Here's my name, my number, call me back. And then nobody ever answers the phone. So there's a couple of different things that you can do when you are 
following up, just your standard follow-up or just your standard reaching out to people. Number one, one of the things that we always try to do and one of the things that I've implemented with us is we always call people back. How, Mia, we're going to switch over to Mia. Mia, how many people actually answer when you call them back? <laughs> like percent-wise? Yeah, let's just take a stab because I know it's in the like single digits. Yeah, I'd say maybe nine, maybe ten. I think that's even like a little bit fluffed. <laughs> no, I don't think. Well, you think so? I always try. The thing is, I always try to make that first contact how they made the first contact. Yeah. So I guess. But yeah, it's definitely in the one digits. I don't think it would be above that. Okay. Go there. So like one to nine percent. And that's really sad. But one of the things that we try to do is anytime we do get a phone call, and she makes a really valid point. We try to typically follow up with the client the way that they contacted us. I know I've heard it from other photographers and I've seen other people post, like, if you text me as a business, I am not like, uh, you're done, you're dead to me. I think that that's absolutely ridiculous. I love it when I can communicate with people via text instead of getting on the phone and talking with people on the phone because maybe it's just because we were just talking about this communication thing and I just yeah. don't know all the answers. Maybe you're on to something. Maybe I suck. But anyway, we always try to, uh, especially when we have a web lead, even if they do send us information through the web, we always call them first. We can send an email directly back from the lead, but we'll always send a text message saying, hey, this is Mia from Samuel Marvin Photography. Just wanted to let you know I, I just tried to give you a call. I got your voicemail. I left a voicemail there, but give me a call when you have a chance or if text is easier feel free to contact me here. It does kind of prolong because text message sometimes is a little bit longer process like in communicating with people, but it's a great way to meet them on their level or find where they're willing to work with you. So a couple of things that I wanted to point out in once you have people's information, what do you do? Number one, make sure to reference your previous contact. So I can't tell you how many times I've called people back like, and they're like, okay, which photographer were you? And I'm just like, I'm the only one you should remember. <laughs> that you know Samuel Marvin. And people, like, notoriously people are like, oh, oh yeah, that one. Which hurts my heart. That's why Mia calls, because I don't wanna I don't wanna know that <laughs> people don't know. That I'm you're just Sam kidding. Martin. Yeah, that I'm Sam Martin. Shut your mouth. <laughs> so reference your previous contact. So if you know, I always typically say, Hey, just giving you a call back, I noticed you sent us a message from our website inquiring about senior portraits. Okay. Samuel Marvin photography, whatever. So make sure to reference in there your recent contact with them. Also make sure to give value and quality information. So on your second contact or whatever, make sure that you're providing them value and giving them valuable information or quality information. Stuff that is going to make them feel like, oh man, that was great. Like I actually learned a lot about what I was looking for. So maybe they're not ready to make a decision, but you gave them valuable information to chew on. Also another good thing, and this is really good in either text messaging or with email, you can't really do it on the phone. You can do call to action on the phone. Like for instance, we always ask people to come in for a studio tour if they're not really ready to book yet. But including in text message, including a call to action or in an email, a call to action like book here or click here. Now, something that's really cool in a lot of the email programs, you can actually 
like any buttons that you put in, not in all of them, but in a lot of them, any buttons you put in, you can actually track that information about like when they clicked it or what they did. So Jason says, most people have so much going on that makes text messaging so much more convenient for a lot of situations. Issue with that is lack of tone. Yeah, correct. Which that's fine. You just have to have to believe that everybody's talking chipper and happy to you. <laughs> so one of the things that we have tried to do, and this is actually something that I had Mia drop this cool little thing for you. We actually do this a lot, or I do this a lot on my own iPad and stuff, but I like to draw and create a step-by-step -step lead pathway. So for instance, a perfect example of a place that we might get leads. Now today we were actually on our website checking it out and I was like, <laughs> I thought I had my what to wear guide just set up, ready to go. And we get into it and, I, and Mia was like, wait, we have a what to wear guide? And I was like, yeah, like, did you not know? But I, as I was thinking about it, I was like, we don't ever get any leads from it. Like it never works. And then we've clicked on the lead or and the sure, or the link, sure enough, it, Broken. was broken. <laughs> so that's something that we're, we have to fix. But what I want you to consider is what do you do when you get a lead from a something like a what to wear guide? Now, a what to wear guide, a great thing to do with it. And actually, we've been working on this with Annie. One of the things that you do in that situation is first, you make sure that you get an email, preferably an email and a name for the contact or for the, the trade of that what to wear guide. Then it's always good to send out an email. It's actually good to send the first email, including the what to wear guide, just in case so they can find it. A second email might be two days later that says, hey, what did you think of the what to wear guide? Did you see page eight where it talks about this, like skin tones? I always think that that's really interesting to see like the difference in skin tones uh, and how people can have like be more prone to like warmer tones and different things like that. And so it's a good thing to reference in that guide. Did you notice this or give people an opportunity? Many of you guys have gotten my seven FP emails, which are basically just lead generator emails. And you'll see in there, tell me about your experience. And I ask you to write me an email back. That's a call to action in there. So all those things are good things. And then obviously maybe a couple of days later, send them another email that says, you know, Hey, just checking to see if there's anything I can do to help you. I noticed you downloaded our what to wear guide. What do you think of this? Give valuable information and a call to action. So first thing you're going to do is you're going to call them back immediately after calling them back. You're going to send them a text message that says, Hey, I sent you, or I gave you a phone or sorry, called you and left you a voicemail. Make sure to call them back at a different time. If you don't hear from them. And then at that point in time, you have emails, you can send out an email. So it's really good to create a step-by-step -step lead pathway like this. What this does is it allows you to create just a simple visual of what your client is gonna go through. We're gonna talk about next week at Sync when I give my class about the senior or, or the, the customer journey. Same basic thing, like what does your customer go through with each one of these steps in your path? So what can you expect? What do you expect to put them through? What information are you gonna give them at what stage of that little journey? So like I said, this is for a web lead. You could do one for a face-to-face. -face. In a face-to-face, -face, how are you gonna categorize? Where are you gonna put that information? What are they gonna get first? Are they gonna get you know, contact via social media, follow-up via social media? And sometimes that's the best way to do it until you can get their email address and then put them into your, like say for instance, like a cold or a warm lead 
pathway that runs like an email sequence or a drip sequence. Now, obviously those things are gonna be different, like your cold lead versus warm lead versus hot lead. Those are all gonna be different. And you should honestly have like a potential drip sequence for each of those three things because each of those people are gonna be at different spaces in the journey. Now, the next part I'm gonna talk about, and this is actually kind of exciting because the whole thing that brought this up yesterday was Mia sent me a message last night. She said, hey, is it okay if I come into the studio and do a studio tour on Sunday? And I said, heck yeah, like I'll, I think I said, I'll give you a really, really hard high five if you book them. Yeah. Isn't that what I said? Yeah. Anyway, she was like, well, let me make sure that they're an absolute for sure before I do anything. I can't even remember exactly what she said. And she came back and she said, hey, I got them. Uh, they're just gonna bring a check in on Sunday. So I'm gonna let you tell, of course, this is, uh, I'm, I'm gonna wait until Mia tells you the story about what happened. So <laughs> we'll go ahead and switch over to Mia. Tell us about how you got her and like how long you've been working on this lead. Since sure, first contact was, I looked it up, it was the 6th of September last year. Okay, so um, that's like... Yeah, it was fall of last year. So right dang. when she was a senior. And she had just sent a message saying, we're looking to do senior pictures, possibly in the fall. If not, maybe in the spring, we will need to do a yearbook photo also. And so we just went through the system and we called her and I left her a message and she didn't respond. Called again, left the text message. And then we put her into our lead pipeline that just kind of puts it down and it comes in that lead pipeline, you get to a point where I marked her as come back to spring, like so I can put like recontact in spring, but I left it in the thing. And so it sends out nine word email, which is just, I mean, Sam's so going to talk you about So you automated it. the nine word email? I did. I automated oh, okay. the whole Perfect. lead pathway. Yeah. Or the, yeah. So Sam's going to talk about that in a minute, but it went out to her and I got a message from her like, well, I sent out a message another month ago when I when my task came in to do my spring contact all those spring leads, and then the nine then it's when it dropped into the nine letter email or nine, nine word, word email, <laughs> and then she just got back to me last week, and she's like, okay, let's do this, and it turned out she wanted to wait because her daughter wanted her hair to go back to blonde, so she's been working to get her hair back to blonde, and I thought she just didn't like us, but she was just waiting to get her hair perfect. And, and how often do people actually like, how, I mean, it took you what, let's see, that's like almost five months, Yeah, five months just for her to say, well, we're just waiting for my daughter's hair to go back to blonde. <laughs> like that would help us a whole lot in how we communicate with you. If we just knew, Hey, that's all we're waiting on. <laughs> yeah. But at the same time, because she didn't say that I kept up on it. Yeah. Like, I, d I didn't know why, and so I just kept putting us in front of her. And I think there's importance in that, too, to not just... Because sometimes when we get that excuse, we're like, oh, okay, well, I'll come back to it later, and then life gets in the way, right? So maybe it's good that I didn't know. I yeah. don't know. And, and that's, there's a lot of value to that. So, obviously, the next part of what I wanted to talk about was the nine-word email. This is actually a well-known marketing technique, especially for email well, specifically for email, you could use it for text message. There's a number of different ways. You could even use it in a face-to-face -face with like on a social media platform if people are communicating with you. But a nine word email is really just a very simple email. And all it says, uh, no fluff, no HTML, no really pretty design or anything like that. 
All it says is, are you still looking for X? In our particular situation, it could be, are you still looking for a family portrait photographer? It doesn't have to be nine words. I made that specifically nine words. It could be, are you still looking for a photographer for your family portraits or family pictures? Or are you still looking for a senior portrait photographer? Just a simple, literally nine words. You don't even have to put like, you don't even have to put the signature on there or anything. Make it a very basic, very simple nine word email. And it's just a way to give people an opportunity to say, oh yes, we're still interested. Don't like, don't give up on us. We're still interested. And in this particular scenario, it worked. And honestly, it was, I mean, it's free money. It's like in a time where things are slow for us right now, as we're trying to ramp up for spring season, it was just one of those things that is going to bring money in and potentially a lot of money beyond that. We've been talking about lifetime value for clients. And that's kind of what I started this whole live on was just based on that premise of what if somebody had a pocket full of cash that had your name on it, or they didn't know that it was your name yet. And all you have to do is get them in the door and do whatever it takes. There's a number of different things. I was trying to think last night, like all the different things that I've like had interest in. I've sent messages to maybe the company that sells the product. And then I sit back and I just don't do anything with it forever <laughs> until like the last minute. I'm kind of a last minute Linda. I do things at the last minute. And, and I'm also one that really buys based on FOMO. Like I hate missing out on things. And so I'll buy based on those things. And so a message like this would likely get somebody like me. But there's even one going a little bit further. And this is not one that I've really talked to Mia about, but it's one that we've got, I've got to make sure that she implements in. And this is called the breakup. And this could be done a number of different ways. I've done this when we're searching for influencers or our model program where I feel like, okay, I've bugged you like so many times and you've said, yeah, I'm just busy or whatever. And so we get to a point where I'll send them a message and just simply say, hey, this is the last time I'm going to try to contact you. Obviously, you may not be interested, so I don't want to push your buttons or anything, but I just want you to know that I'm available and here's how to contact me if you change your mind. And sometimes it's just enough to get people back into your funnel of like, or your uh, pipeline of communication. And sometimes it's enough to just get them to book but some of the important things to keep in mind when you're doing a breakup sequence is just simply keep it simple and to the point, be kind and make sure that you're still available. Don't like flip them the bird and say, listen, you jerk <laughs> off. Like I'm tired of sending you these emails and I'm not ever going to talk to you again. Don't be petty or stupid about it, but also make sure that there's a call to action. Like, Hey, if you want to schedule a time with me, here's a link to schedule maybe a one-on-one -on -one or a studio tour and something like that. And so the breakup is really, it can be an effective message. Sometimes people maybe will even email back and say, Hey, I'm glad you finally gave up. I doubt it. I've never gotten anybody that's done that before. I have, however, reignited some situations with people where they've been like, Oh, sorry, I totally forgot. It's happened a lot with our influencers because the students just tend to be kind of a mess when it comes to things. And it's just kind of a pain in the butt. So being able to do that and it helps a lot. Now, something uh, I want you to actually kind of talk about 
Mia actually went in after all of the stuff that I've talked about forever. She finally went in and built her own automation for her lead pipeline in Pixify. And so she basically set it up to where it automatically, like if after a certain couple of days, it automatically moves over to a different status. So just kind of walk us through that a little bit. This is kind yeah. of like your, your lead pathway, like what you're going to take yep. them through. So... Okay, so it starts just when they become a new lead and it comes right into Pixify and we have their information and then the first thing that I'm going to do is I'm going to contact them, obviously. And like we kind of mentioned before, I reach out how they reached out the first time. Unless actually it's Facebook. I really don't do that with Facebook and I don't know why now that I think about it. Hmm. Maybe we'll just because Facebook's annoying to me. But <laughs> so we reach right out to them and then I don't know if I can click and see the timelines on each of them. But as soon as I change the status, it's going to go to waiting for response. And then as soon as we hear back from them, we move from waiting for response to re to whatever we're going to do. So most of the times, what, if they're going to respond back, we're going to convert them into a lead or they're going to say, sorry, you're too late or you're too expensive or I found something else. So then we can either archive the leave at that point yeah. or we're going to convert that into a client because the way that RCM works, you have a lead and then a client. So it'll make a jump there. If they don't hit any of those, then why are you laughing? Because you just called an RCM. CRM. So CRM. Oh, CRM. I knew what I meant. If not, then it's going to go, if I don't hear anything after like three or four days, it goes into a recontact phase. And so again, it's just going to give it more time. And what that, it triggers a task. So I know I need to go back and send a second email or a second text or a second phone call to that person. So it kind of, there's a little loop right there where we kind of go and then we either come off and, or we're going to loop around once um, to try and get them to, so the next one is still waiting, I know. So, yeah. So exciting. Which is, sometimes it's important because just like you said, like between fall and springtime, yeah. and we do have sometimes people that are like, oh, I want to do senior pictures in the wintertime. So like you could put them into that space to check back with them in the wintertime. But in years past, we've honestly been like, People are like, well, I might want to do something in the spring. And then we just never okay. even communicate with them again. Right. So and in this pipeline, though, I have each of those. So I have a summer follow-up, <clears throat> a winter follow-up, and a spring follow-up, follow up, and then follow a up. fall one. Yeah. But at the end of – so the whole thing takes about a month. So at the end, I have a month-end, like, final attempt. So if I haven't heard from them in that whole month, then they're going to go into that seven – that's when it's going to go into that seven-word or nine-word email list. And so then mm -hmm. it's going to send them that email and hopefully we hear back from them. And if not, and the nice thing is like you can, at least with Pixify, which is what we're using, like when I have these people put into the spring follow-up, like this one that we just talked about, the client, once I recontact them, I can start that over. So once I did the follow-up for spring, I just dropped her back at the very front of the pipeline and she started the whole pipeline over again. Okay. And that's how we ended up getting to the seven word email again. Or the, no, because she wasn't, yeah, she wouldn't have been, because this has been since her first contact. So it would oh, have been okay. the first time she got that, that email. So it worked out really nice. Cool. So that kind of leads me into the end of this. Obviously, follow-up is something that is really, I, I think, I, I would honestly say that the majority of people don't do a great job at follow-up. A lot of times we get into our heads and we think, oh, this customer is going to get annoyed that I'm reaching out to them too much. And there's ways to, 
to combat that. There's ways to do that. Like for instance, give them their opportunity for their out, give them the opportunity for the breakup or the nine word email so that it gives them their opportunity to lead out. The one thing that I want you to think about with leads, and I think that we all too often kind of fall into this, this idea that when somebody calls us, we think, oh, they're ready for us right now. Or when we meet somebody in the store, they think, oh, well, what can I do to get them to become a lead right now? And we miss the idea of, okay, like just because I met you in the store doesn't mean that I'm the right photographer for you, but it doesn't mean that I'm not going to be the right photographer for you. Sometimes it's just creating that experience. You know, for instance, there's a real estate agent who knows that we just sold our house and that we're currently renting until we buy a house. They're somebody that we've known for a long time, but now all of a sudden we're on their like their like holiday delivery list. And so now we're getting like these deliveries, this, you know, we got for Thanksgiving, we got an apple pie and like all these things that are really nice. And it's just their way of saying, Hey, we're thinking about you, but keep in mind, we're real estate agents for when you're ready to buy. And so what that does is it creates this experience of, you know, compassion or feeling good about somebody or hopefully now I personally like have my real estate agent that I've worked with and I want to continue to work with. And so that's probably where I'll go, but it's something to keep in mind is that as photographers, not everybody is ready to buy right then. And sometimes it takes just being kind, just showing them that you care, showing them that you have value when it comes to photography or answering the questions that they really need so that when they're ready, they can say, Oh, Hey, I remember that guy. He was really good about a lot of things. I'm going to work with him regardless of how I feel about whatever, because I feel like he has presented himself as the expert. So it gives a great opportunity. Now, most important thing about that is without leads, you can't do any of this. And so that leads me into the next part. I wanted to quickly announce we do have, and I don't have a whole lot of information about it yet, but it will be coming out at sync. We will be releasing a 30 day lead challenge. This is going to be one of the first things that we do as a big group. We'll announce price point and everything for that. But basically the goal is to help people see and understand the importance of leads, how to deal with leads, how to create different follow-up plans or lead pathways, but also just each day talk about a different style of lead and help you to have an opportunity to say, okay, this is the type of lead that I really like, and this is where I get the best business. And so this is where I'm going to focus my time and effort. But if you're in business and you don't have people coming through the doors, you need leads. And I think that so many people miss out on that. We get into this mindset of I've created the perfect logo and I've created the perfect packaging and I'm a great photographer and I'm incredible at lighting. But guess what? If the doors are still locked and nobody's coming through, it doesn't matter how good you are at all that other stuff. And so that's what this 30 day lead challenge is going to be designed to create is to help you understand how important it is to get leads in all sorts of different ways, 30 different ways to generate leads for your business so that you can be able to convert leads and be able to drive people into your business. And then you can take care of them with all those wonderful things like your beautiful logo and your beautiful packaging and your incredible customer journey that you're going to learn about at sync and be able to make more money. Because like I said, without leads, 
none of it matters. So I hope that was beneficial, guys. I really think it's just such a cool thing. For me, it was really cool to see that nine word email come in clutch and just kind of really reignite that experience for this customer, customer. <laughs> that customer and just to to reignite that opportunity for us to capture you know our efforts because when it boils down to it like every person that you bring into your business costs you money and sometimes it's just money in in the form of time and how much time you put in to get those leads but we do a lot of different things like we go we've been going to sporting events we do all sorts of different marketing techniques through direct mail, different things that we're just kind of throwing a bunch of things at the wall and seeing what works. And now we're going to start really trying to push into it some differentiation, creating different marketing. We were actually talking about something today to make the what to wear guide different that we'll hopefully announce here at some point in time, what we're going to do with that. And so it's just a great opportunity. You got to get people in the doors for your business in order for your business to be viable and to be able to make money. And that is what we're going to help you guys do. So hope you guys have a wonderful day, a wonderful week. We will be back here on Thursday and we will do one last live before sync on Tuesday of next week. Okay. So maybe we'll do what you need to know to be ready for sync this coming Thursday. And then we'll just do something for the following Tuesday, but between Thursday and Tuesday, one of them will be what you need to know uh, to get the most out of sync. And then I'll do a follow-up after sync. Like I did last year, I'll do a follow-up on like my biggest takeaways. Some of the best things sync is like, there's a festival going on that weekend. And so it's going to be packed, but also we have both sports and like senior part of sync coming together. So it's going to be a packed house, a lot of people there and just a lot of cool opportunities. So we got a lot planned for it, a lot coming up. We've been working our butts off. I got to get images done and turned in tonight. So uh, I got a lot to do. So we're going to end this early. Okay. <laughs> There's no questions. Nope. Nothing. All right. You guys have a wonderful day and we will see you again on Thursday.